0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference.
0: Yes, otherwise I could get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. I grew up in an era when girls were told we could do anything. For my friends and I... Our conversations about the future revolved around the kind of work we would do or the places we would visit. I can't remember anyone talking about marriage and kids. And yet, for most of us, here we are, with partners, children, mortgages and jobs, straining under the stress of it all. Christine Armstrong is an author, and her book, The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane, ish, is a refreshingly candid take on the lives of working parents. She's on the phone now from the UK. Hi, Christine. How are you?
1: Hi, Siobhan. Very good. I love your introduction.
0: (laughs) Well, I grew up thinking that I could have it all. You've spoken to women who look like they have it all.
1: What did you find? Well, the thing is, we have this kind of media narrative going on, don't we, that, you know, in order to have it all, you have to work really hard and be well-organized. And when I couldn't make it work at all as a working parent in the early days, I mean, I was a disaster. I was, you know, I just couldn't make it work. I was so unhappy and my kid was unhappy. My partner was unhappy. It just, I couldn't make any of it work. And I just thought, I'm clearly a moron. You know, I just have no (laughs) idea how to do this. What's wrong with me? So I thought I would go and interview people who knew how to do it. And I worked for a magazine called Management Today magazine so I said look can I go and interview women who know how to do this and the editor who's a bloke was like yeah sure whatever you want you know it couldn't care less really but fine <laughs> so I went and interviewed these amazing women they were quite powerful we called them power moms. they were quite senior and I would interview them and they would tell me about their lives and it all broadly sounded okay most of the time and then some of them I would meet later for a drink or a coffee I'd run into them at something and I'd say how's everything going and I would start to get this really different account, um, which was actually much more complicated that they were more stressed, that their working environments were more difficult. Their partners were less supportive than I might have heard the first time. And I just kind of thought, well, do you know what? If these women who have the money, they, these are pretty well-paid women on the whole, can't make it work with all the support that they can afford. How the heck is everyone else doing? You know, the solo moms, the people who are earning an average national salary or less, the people who've got kids, special needs, whatever people who've got other issues. And so that's kind of what I wanted to set out and find out for the book. And to get to your answer, I mean, what I found was that a lot of families are hugely stressed out.
0: Why would we hide that stress? I mean, it, I love this book because I was reading it thinking for all the media that is out there for mums and parents and how to raise their kids, et cetera, this seemed the first time someone's actually saying, do you know what, working with kids is really bloody hard. And I just it's find sharp, that astounding it? that it seems like it's the first time anyone's written this. I mean, I'm sure people complain about it, but you've, you've researched this. You've looked at it in a very analytical way. So why do you think that we just couldn't see how hard this was for everyone?
1: Well, it's a really, it's a great question. And after, I mean, it, was, it appeared on the front page of the Sunday Times magazine here, and somebody emailed me after, got like, a thousand emails in the next 24 hours going, you know, thank God you said this, you know, I thought it was just me. And then this one email a woman emailed me, and I kind of felt really sympathetic. She was like, Christine, it was a great piece, but is it news that mums are rich really <laughs> if they're working? And I was like, no, I hear you, but why is no one saying it? Like, I totally get what you, like, privately we all talk about this stuff all the time. You go out with a group of mums, I mean, what do they talk about? You know, my week is crazy. My hair is on fire. I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown. I might kill my husband or my kids. I just can't choose which one first. (laughs) You know, everybody knows that this is a reality. And yet somehow we've got this glossy image going out where it's all fine. And part of it is that. If you've got an employer that's named, it's really difficult to say. And that was the the issue that I discovered with my power mom interviews was, you know, if I say, you know, this is so-and-so and and she works for, you know, this organization, then immediately she has to be really careful what she says. She can't say that her employer expects her to work 60 or 70 hours a week or always be online. She knows her team is going to read it. So she can't talk about her team in any detail. She knows her partner's going to read it. Her kids may read it if they're at reading age. So immediately we have all of this need to be really careful about what we say. But meanwhile, there's also this kind of driver in a lot of women to be encouraging of other women, and I think it is really well motivated and well intentioned, which is to say, "Hey guys, I got here. You can do it too, and this is how I did it." And the other thing I got from this Sunday Times piece coming back was all these people going, "I'm that woman that lies. I'm the one who sits <laughs> on the stage and the panels and does the interviews and says it's all fine, and it's not fine, Christine. My life is falling apart."
0: <laughs> I'm only I laughing I in recognition. I'm not laughing because no. it's, it's funny because obviously, I
1: know, but it is ridiculous, isn't it?
0: And there's lots of,
1: it creates
0: so much anxiety and guilt. And yet in, oh, yeah. in your book, the other thing that I don't think people like to admit, but seems to be quite clear in the people that you've spoken with, is that the guilt and anxiety about working seems to land more heavily on mothers, that they're the ones that worry more. Would, they, would you say that's yeah. true?
1: I definitely think that's true. And the data shows that to be true the data shows that women are more stressed than men at this period in their lives. And, and this comes down to our stereotypes about motherhood. I'm sure you have it as well, but The Tiger Who Came to Tea is a famous book here from the 60s when mummy's at home with the daughter Sophie baking buns and feeding the tiger and daddy's at work having great ideas. And all of our ideas about motherhood are still baked into that era. And so women are trying to do two or three different things here. They're trying to be good mothers and they feel they judge themselves if they're never at the school gate or the nursery gate, if they, you know, don't, if they get the shoes for ballet or the, you know they haven't booked the dentist or whatever they they take all of that on as, as their personal responsibility and feel that they failed very often if those things are not done right or if someone else is taking out their kids if they've got a child minder or their partner's taking the kids out and the kids are filthy you know <laughs> running down the streets looking like urchins and she hears about that often mothers will say, oh, I feel terrible, you know, my kids looked awful, they looked like they were, you know, looked like they were vagrants and, you know, here am I in my office and, you know, I'm not doing my job, even though she is doing her job because she's trying to do another job full time. So I think that piece of it is our kind of mental dialogue around motherhood. I think another piece is just the insane extension of the working day. So we've gone from a model when, you know, daddy was at his office and mummy was at home, which was like a nine to five, say, sort of a day, to a day that for many people who are online... And tethered electronically to work starts from when they wake up and finishes when they go to sleep. And so now you've got two parents doing that. And then we wonder why this isn't working and why we don't have space and time to unwind and enjoy our kids and just have a life. You're listening to Kindling
0: Conversation. I'm speaking with Christine Armstrong. She's the author of The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane-ish. It's a very realistic look into what it's like to be working and have children. Can you tell me about professional parent stress? Because when I read about this, it was the first time I'd seen it kind of
1: framed this way. It made so much sense. Uh, Yeah, it's just an observation. I mean, I'm not sure there's any genuine academic research, but it was just my sense that as professionals we get into a certain mindset which is about getting stuff done being efficient with time interacting with people in kind of an efficient way and then we kind of try some of us um I would certainly include myself in this certainly in the early days probably still now on a bad day we try and fit our kids into that so we decide, like we're going to go I don't know to baby swimming and um and we've got 10 minutes to get them there and so we're going to rush We're and we go, come on we're going to baby swimming come on you know because deadlines are important to us because we're professionals right and this baby swimming. <laughs> 10 30 we're going to get there at 10 30 and we don't process that it really doesn't matter that this six-month-old is going to learn anything anyway right it's like we're going to rock around in the pool and have a nice time or we're we not because we're going to battle to get there battle them out of their clothes the kids screaming by the stomach come on come on you know what are we doing and then we're going to land in the pool full of stress like this poor kid who's staring at us going how the heck mama did we manage to get in such a tizzy about this and then you go home and you're like god i am a disaster and then we turn it on ourselves and we're like what am i doing you know this is insane but we get into this task mindset and i think it's really difficult to break out of that and to give ourselves the space to go hey I'm at home. I'm not going to check in with work, even though that's what my training, my professional brain is telling me I should be doing. I'm not going to worry so much about the time. We're just going to hang about. We're just going to be. And that's a very different state to what we're used to as if we've worked for 10 or 15 years before we've had kids.
0: And you're also in that mindset of getting as much done in as short a period of time as you can. That's the work mindset, isn't it? You don't just relax and do nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to clean the house and do the ironing and maybe I'll clear out the kitchen cupboard before I go to babysitter because otherwise what would I have done with that two hours, right? It's only a baby, so what would I be doing? But, of course, it isn't only a baby. It's a person, and and we just – I think we just – It's really easy to get lost in that and and just to, you know, not step back and go, okay, this requires a completely different skill set, actually, and one that you have to adjust to and learn about over time. And it's not an easy transition.
0: You rate friendships as one of the key stabilising factors that working parents need in their lives. Why are friendships so important when many working parents probably feel they only have time for work and family?
1: Yeah. Honestly, if, if anybody takes anything from this conversation or the book or anything, it would be the friendships because one of my observations is that when I look across the spectrum of everyone that I interviewed, the people who are happy tend to be you know, closely networked, have a support group beyond their partner. So what I see is often professional women are moving to a place of work um, in town, whatever however they're defining that, a different place to where they live, and they probably move to the town or the area full work. So they don't necessarily have families, they don't have school friends or whatever very often around them. And then they come back into their community to have a baby and very often they don't know anyone. They don't know their neighbours, they don't know people who live in their street. I mean one consultant told me that when her baby cried she was so lonely and desperate she used to take it to the news agents on the corner Aww. where the grandmother spoke not a word of English but she was like it was the only place I knew who, where to go and this grandmother would sit and rock her baby and calm down the baby and by definition then her and then she would go home again. But she just didn't know anyone. And I think that this is a trap we can fall into where we're so in that work mindset where our networks are professional, the people we've worked with, former colleagues, whatever, that we don't sometimes invest the time that we need in building up friends locally. But the kids, our kids need us to know people locally so they get invited to parties and play dates. We need it because otherwise we come home on a Friday night with you know 20,000 unsaid words. There's a lot of stuff you can't say at work about what's going on in your head. And your partner is you know not a punching bag. I guess difficult for them to absorb all of it. And you don't want it coming through like, da, da 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 You need a place to put some of that angst and to bond. And when you tell a funny story and go, do you know what? You know, my daughter pissed down my leg at swimming. Then they <laughs> were all laughing. And then they tell you about the time that their son did a shit in the pot. You know? And it's like, and everybody feels better. right? Everybody's like, okay, it's not just me. And you just laugh. And then you feel better. And then you go home to your partner and you go, you never guess what happened to so-and-so. It was even worse. Everybody feels better. That's <laughs> right which is part of the point of the book is to tell some of those stories so that you kind of you recognize them and you see them and you go oh yeah no that is worth what happened to me and then you feel a bit better what's
0: the role of good quality child care in raising children well because that's something you really believe in for working parents don't you <sighs>
1: It is. It is. Good quality childcare is absolutely critical. But the thing is, and I'm going to sound a bit dark here, I'm going to say it's not the only answer because we've got a party here called the Women's Equality Party that I really like, which is really campaigning for universal free childcare from the end of maternity, which I am sure is absolutely right and a great policy. But alone, I don't think it's enough because if it maintains or exacerbates our hours culture, then I think we still have a problem. We have to be able to make time for people to have a life. I don't even think this is just about parenting. This is about people being able to work and then go home and do something else. And parents are like the canary in the mine, right? They're the thing where it's most obviously not working and the thing where it's obviously hugely stressful that we've added on this crazy working day on top of an office day.
0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Christine Armstrong. The book she has written is called The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane-ish. And if I don't watch myself, I'm going to take up the whole half hour talking to her because it's fascinating all this... (laughs) Oh, all of it, it's just relating to my life so completely. One of the things that I really that really resonated in this book for me was about school. So my, daughter's own, my eldest daughter has just got into year one this year. We've only had two years of school. But as a working parent, I find school extremely stressful, um, only because I'd like to be more involved, but I can't always see how that's possible. How do you advise that parents can stay present with their kids in their school life?
1: Don't join the PTA. (laughs) Do you call it that way? We call
0: it P and C, Parents and Citizens.
1: Yeah, don't join that. Um, oh, that would be my, my...
0: Hey, you're a member of, of the PTA, it says here.
1: <laughs> I, I am, but I don't... Act, well, I've crafted a role, so I, just, I did join it. It was a disaster. I, so I speak from experience. And then I was like, okay, there's one thing that I'm going to do, and I do this one thing, which is plastic fishing. Which, but basically, what I say <laughs> is define one thing that you can do with the school and define it really clearly as something you are able to do. So if you can run a great quiz night or run a disco or take really nice photographs, Sports Day. Just pick out one thing and go and do that so you have a role and a presence without being dragged into, you know, every weekend there's a, always a raffle, there's always a sponsored something, there's always a tombola, there's always a film night, there's always this. And I think what I see is that a lot of working mums that I interview, they go a few years without doing anything at all and then suddenly their kid is like, mummy, why are you never there? You're never on the trip. You never turn up to end film night. You never turn up to the raffle. Why do we do nothing? And then they panic and then they join the PTA and then they round in it for the next year um and then they, and then they do it really badly and it becomes something else that they then feel guilty and resentful of so my strong advice is to try and stay engaged in a positive way but to try and find one thing that you can do and and play it forward like throughout the whole time they're at that school what's the one thing you could do every year that would be visible but you know would just kind of show that you're involved so that's my thought on it but mm. you know It's a really tricky one and there is something around the fact that parents who manage to get to the school gate once or twice a week and just say hi to other parents and see the other kids do seem to be happier than those whose work just means they can never get there.
0: How much is this situation about good time management and being clear with yourself as a working parent what your priorities are?
1: It is um, but it is, but that 's one of those things that 's bloody easy to say and really hard to deal with when you 've walked out on a team that 's really stressed and looking to you for leadership, when maybe your boss is demanding something that 's got to go to an important client in the next hour, when one of your kids is sick it 's like it is really about priorities, and it is about choosing stuff. She says, very timely as her six-year-old comes in waving hairbands at her. Um, but it, it, <laughs> these are not easy decisions, okay? These are really, really difficult decisions, and making a list of priorities doesn't always give you the right answer, and sometimes you will be, you know, I'm going to prioritize this, and afterwards you'll think, actually, I let my colleagues down, or later on you'll think, actually, that was the wrong call, I let my kids down. So, I think this is about pressure and managing the pressure, but I don't think that t- that's kind of glib It's all about time management, it gives you ever everything that you need. I think, though, it is about making very, very tough choices about the boundaries around work and what hours you can afford to work or not work and how you can try and box that into a way that does mean that you can have some family time. Well, Christine, I hope
0: that many um, businesses and politicians read this book, it might actually lead to some oh, real we'll change. <laughs> we'll send it out to our local reps. Please um, do. Send it
1: to your, your politicians, see what they've got
0: to say. <laughs> we'll, do, well, Christine, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. That was Christine Armstrong. She's the author of The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sanish. It's out now and we'll put links on it to our website. Just head to kindling.com.au au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.